Hey, welcome to the Melissa Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Pagongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. Talk about Etney's new Barney Page part, but first, new brand rollout. A lot of new brands have been hitting the scene lately. We've got Opera, Jacuzzi Unlimited, Sensei, and of course, Asics, all in the middle of making their first impression on skateboarding. Patrick, what makes for a good brand rollout? A good brand rollout should be one of two things. It should either be puzzling, that is, it should be filled with mystery and doubt and lots of questions, or it should be polarizing. It should be something that makes people feel one way or another. I mean, for example, 917, amazing. But if we go back to our youth, Plan B. That was a little before, that was, yeah, that was a few years before I started skating, but I definitely had access to some older magazines and got to see some of those ads. You were just wondering, wait, this is all the H Street guys? Well, what is this Plan B? What is this questionable video? What's this video gonna be? The fact that you even know about the Plan B rollout when that wasn't part of your growing up, like I'm the same way. Like I, I started skating after Plan B existed, but I still know about the rollout. It's like that iconic. Exactly. Or even the, the rollout for girl where basically everybody started rocking the girl logo shirts and the girl boards that were being made or distributed out of X-Large and Los Feliz here in LA. Also, it was a continuation. I mean, they were, they were running the exact same playbook. Or, you know, if we're talking about the peak of our youth in the 1990s, shorties, because everybody knew the Muska saga, you know, Muska getting kicked off Toy Machine. But, you know, they first had that ad, you know, it had three Polaroids. First one was with Muska. Second one was with, I can't remember if it was Steve Olson or Schmalik, but that was cool too. Like, wait, Shorties, the hardware brand has put out maybe one video, a uh, big team video. They're yeah, gonna do that's a like a brand? three month rollout. Yeah, that was good. That was reflective of the communication environment that we were living in. News traveled significantly slower. It was just magazines. And even the 411 news updates were a little bit behind because by the time that the tape hit the stores, some of that news could have been out of date or that company could have been gone. But the shorties rollout, oh my goodness, you were hanging on the edge of your seat. Jason, what do you think are some more recent memorable rollouts and what, what makes a good rollout to you? Well... I really think, especially these days with the uh, attention economy, as they call it and whatnot, you really got to do something to to fucking stand out. Like to uh, go back to one of your examples, 917, and they just had that phone number. You know what I mean? The decks with the phone number and people will call it. And then Alex put the uh, the voicemails in the first video. That was pretty tight. That was pretty original. No one's done that before. Um, also to follow up on Girl. The girl rollout was so crazy because no one had really seen those shirts. And then everyone showed up at the back to this back to the city contest that year wearing them. That that was nuts. Like like that was mind blowing. No one knew anything about that. Unless you had seen them on tour that summer. We were like, what the fuck are these shirts with the bathroom symbol? You know, when Plan B 2.0 or 3.0 came out. And this is another thing I think you need with a skate brand rollout. You got to hit him over the head with a, with a kick-ass promo. And when Plan B came out with that, I think it was called Live After Death, mm-hmm. that two-song promo with... Um, PJ Lab. The, yeah, the PJ Lab. Robbie Williams, the Robbie Williams song, and the main song, main song, fucking kick-ass. That was, that was really dope, just to showcase like their brand narrative. You also got to have a good brand narrative, one of my favorite things in the whole world. Like, all right, this is Plan B. We're the elite team. You know what I mean? We're ripping. This is what we're all about. Shit like that. So speaking of the attention economy, do you feel like the brand rollout has been diminished 
by Instagram, you know, just like a single square with a new project. Because there's some times where I feel like, who cares? But there's been a few recently that have got people talking. So what do y'all think? Oh, you mean like press release by Instagram? Yeah, that that's pretty boring. Like you gotta you gotta do something better than that. I think you can finesse it though. You know, like I I think that I don't know. Numbers kind of tried. Numbers I feel like fumbled at every opportunity, but like they tried to have kind of have that roll out, like be mysterious and introduce each guy and stuff like that. But it just didn't hit. You know, like it was just like missing something. What was that something? You know, it might have been missing a brand narrative. I think that it was missing. I think what numbers the brand was missing was a strong creative force. It was just like, here's a bunch of dudes who skate like really good. All they do all day is skate. So they don't have time to like get into cool art or like find out about cool music or whatever. It's like they just skate real good. And that's the brand narrative, which is like not that compelling, really, you know, especially in the everybody's good era. You got to be more than these guys are good. Yeah. You know, digging into that point about their aesthetic, it reeked of the Oxford, the blue Oxford dress shirt and clear glasses creative director. It had zero personality. It was pleasing because that was the look that was very prevalent in user experience, user interface and general web design. But it said absolutely nothing about the skaters' personalities or the fact that they all had very, very good pants. Numbers, that team had good pants game. And that should have counted for something. But their lack of a strong visual identity that people could really rock with and relate to. Like, unless you were a creative director at a small ad agency in New York or San Francisco, why would you care about that look? And I think that that ended up being a pretty serious mistake. But by contrast, the opera joint that just came out, the jacuzzi joint, like, I like that. Especially because the uh, jacuzzi joint is a, it's a, it's a bit of a reference to the first Talking Heads album. I didn't catch the Talking Heads reference, but it, it has been really interesting to watch the rollout. I, to me, Jacuzzi Unlimited is a brand that, like, for me personally, does not, like, very much doesn't speak to me, you know? Like, their, their brand narrative is, like, the skate version of Frat Boys. Uh, like, <laughs> see, see, I like that. I like the kind of uh, you know party vibe. Yeah, see, it, like to I me, like it. I've never like been into that vibe. Like I've always thought that that was kind of like a lowest common denominator, uh, low hanging fruit, not that creative vibe. But like the first graphics that I saw, it's like a J with a leather jacket on. Like that looks pretty cool. That's that's pretty interesting. And I think that uh, the team is pretty good. I think that. They, they need to drop a video real soon. Yeah, I put that in my notes too. Um, one cool thing about Jacuzzi is, is like they got a bunch of young guns on the team, which is really interesting, I think. Kind, kind of like what Violet did. Actually, yeah. Violet, come to think of it, Violet's rollout was pretty effective. Like it started off with like just the Instagram account with like no posts, right? That's another technique you could do, right? Just And then everyone is all mysterious and shit. Matter of fact, I think on slap shout out to slap boys people were like looking up the trademarks yep and shit and they found like yeah trademark for violet was uh filed by bill or whatever so there was definitely a vibe there and they came out with a sick promo right off the bat boom right if you've got people looking up your like business id to try and get more (laughs) information you're doing the brand rollout good you know like you're you're doing a really good job of it 
exactly. We're putting all those research skills to use and uh, doubling back to jacuzzi. So Tumbledon, the the vibe and the aesthetic, uh, more specifically this initial graphic of theirs, it's a direct rip of the cover of the debut album by Talking Heads, Talking Heads 77, uh, right down to the color of the letters plus the font, which is a good thing. And to Jason's point about party boys and the frat boy thing, it's a shrinking space in skateboarding, but we need it. We need that chaos. We need that animal house. We need that. It's a, it's a nice counterbalance to so much else that's been happening in skating. And also, we need it because it's always been there. As long as it's, you know, not too wild, but yeah, like, why not? Like a little light beer and uh, crappy punk music, whatever. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to put in their videos, but I mean, come on. Enjoy 2.0. Enjoy with one of the, God, one of the absolute best brand identities. So, so good. Actually, speaking of dwindle-based brands, the A-Team, that shit was so dumb. Dude, the graphics, like, incredibly whack. Oh, my God. It yeah, was like a... I, uh, I, like, did a whole thing on Twitter about this recently. Like, oh, okay, well, first of all, the name, the A-Team, it's like, oh, get it, A-Team, plan B. Then, of course, they had the, you know, obligatory, another thing they always did with brand roll-up brand roll-ups is just have like an ad with like everyone's like headshot and their name but then like later i think it was the first run of boards like each rider had like a comp- like computer animated animal avatar or some shit it was like, like rodney mullen was a bunny rabbit get it and like mark johnson was a panther like carolina panthers that shit was crazy it was so bad and it was it was a rare was was it was rocco who was still behind that correct you know what? I think by that time, I think by the late nineties, he had he had sold out. He and Ronnie had sold out. He might have been involved in whatever capacity, but I kind of don't think so. I seem to remember something about maybe it was in the Mark Johnson epically later, where he was talking to Rocco about him, and and Rocco had some eighteen memorabilia in his office, and he was wondering whether or not Rocco took it from that. Either way, it was like a rare own goal of that era of dwindle slash world, whatever you want to call it. Um, a bit like a, a late career move by an athlete who just goes someplace to chase a check and they don't care anymore. Their best years are behind them. But again, thank you for that um, that Twitter thread about the 18. But back to rollouts. You all also brought up a really awesome point, which is you have to come through with a video. You got to come through with something that people want to watch and people will talk about. Is there an example of a failed video, like a really bad, like, oh, you know, cool team. This is going to be awesome. And the video, like the promo or the trade show loop just sucks. Mm. Man, that's tough. The first creature video is very bad. I, I don't know if that's that's like not part of the, the rollout or anything, I don't think. But like I was a teenage skateboarder is the name of the video. And it is <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I want to say the one that came after that, or maybe it was a couple of videos after, was Disturbed Not the Sleep of Death. That was good. That was really, really good. And actually one of, one of my teenage favorites, believe it or not. But yeah, I, I guess you can have a first video that's a misstep, can't you? I mean, not everything is going to be questionable or rubbish heap or video days. Like, I think, who are some companies that have slow burn? You know, because also here's the other thing. A great debut album can actually be an albatross around your neck. It can, it can actually stunt your career growth because if you're thinking about this say, from, say, music, right? The Stone Roses and The Strokes, arguably the two most important guitar bands of their respective generations 
could never capture the magic of their debut albums. They, they were never able to capture the feeling or the influence they had. They changed the way people dressed. They changed the way that people were thinking about music. They, they changed the music that people listened to, similar in skating. The first blind video, yeah, Video Days was amazing. And then how long did it take to come with a follow-up? We were doomed to just have them feature in, uh, in group videos. Oh, well, it was um, Tim and Henry. Tim, oh, and, Tim Henry. and Henry, okay, yeah. Great one-two yeah, punch, Henry. but we wanted a full length. Yeah, well, you know, that that's that's what I was asking um, Jacob Rosenberg about. Like, I always thought, like, like, dude, there's all this blind footage, like, in the vault or some shit, you know, for the blind video that could have been. But I, I guess it's not as much as I thought or had hoped. Yeah, I feel like with, with a first album, like, like, isn't the cliche, it's like you got your whole life to write your first album and then, like, you know, a year to write your follow-up or whatever. So yeah. I, I don't think that a skate video has that same problem you know it's more a document of the moment except for pj lad yeah yeah he's never really topped his uh wonderful horrible life part which is okay uh, going back it's to probably sad for him and i mean kind of sad for us sad for us but he seems he seems at peace with it and also like you were never going to body that it was it was the right place at right time and i mean what would you rather have a once in a generation style video or would you have rather have the gradual the gradual rollout to greatness. I don't know. I, I think that psychologically starting at the top and sliding down has got to be really hard. I, I'd rather just come out with like a one kick-ass video part of that ilk and then just like flame out, just like just like fade away or something. I think that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay, what about this? So we've talked about board brands, but dog, what about shoes? Because this has been the last two decades have been dominated by the shoe economy and... Asics is in the process of doing a rollout. The homie Casper, who was previously at Nike, if I recall, yep. is apparently behind the Asics skate launch. And very recently, a whole bunch of them, like Aquasi, who writes for Sci-Fi Fantasy, who's super awesome, great artist, by the way. And also, they, they got Gino out there. They seem to be borrowing from the Nike playbook, like page I mean, by I, page. I think Casper helped write the Nike playbook, so it, it makes sense. And it's been a, a sight to see, like watching this ASICs rollout. It's been very uh, slow and deliberate. You know, it's like it seems like there's kind of different tiers of people and relationships. And the Gino thing has been really like a masterstroke. The dude had yeah. <laughs> he had a shoe on Adidas and was wearing ASICs. <laughs> like you know, I think I've said it before on this podcast, but if I was at Adidas, Gino would be dead to me. Yeah, I mean that's that's a cool strategy. Like just like flow shoes to a few key respected people and shit. They got Walker. They got uh, I think Ty Beal, local boy, has been wearing them. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I mean I think I think they might have some juice if they come out with um a good capsule. So Walker Ryan was on Nike or getting flowed from Nike for a minute. Also, congrats to him. He's a new dad, by the way. Shouts to you, Mazel Tov. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wonderful, wonderful news. Uh, right, right in time for Father's Day. By contrast, I seem to remember, uh, is it Puma that's trying to do a rollout right now? Yep. Yeah, it's mostly Puma Japan. Uh, I don't know if Japan. the American market is going to be getting the full Puma. They, uh, well, they had an ad in Thrasher, so. True. Didn't, the shoe was hideous, though, wasn't it? It's, I don't know. The, the photo in the ad looked like a size 7 or something. Like, it just looked weird. Like, it didn't look that bad. It just looks like a really small, like, product. 
like shoe for the product shop. But like this it's is just, like the, is this the third or fourth time Puma's tried to get into the skate. This is it, it's just space. embarrassing. It's really embarrassing because first of all, you're a shoe company. You should know how to do product shots, how to light them, how to select a shoe that looks good, and put it out there in a way that people that will get people excited. The second thing is skateboarders don't ask for much, especially now. You come through with some Puma Clydes with some additional padding, maybe have a mid-top version and some dope colorways, you don't have to do much. You don't have to do a, a huge amount of retooling. You don't have to get new cut and show, uh, excuse me, you don't have to get new cut and sew equipment. It's, it boggles the mind. I mean, why do y'all think that some shoe companies have to do the most when us skaters, we're, we're very simple. We don't want much. We don't ask for much. Like The big puffy shoe era is done. I think that designers and company people and stuff like that they're not really interested in doing something kind of small and like efficient even though that's what we want you know like we see it in skate park design all the time like we just want like some nice flat and some straight fucking ledges and everybody's trying to build a full pipe like you know we don't need all the tech in the shoes just give us some good straightforward shoes and we'll be happy you know like give us a skate puma clyde give us a you know, Reebok, give us the fucking, what, what are the trainers? Trainers or yeah. uh, the Reebok Classics. Classics. Yeah, just just make the Classics a little bit skatable, and that's all That's all we need. But I, I think that the powers that be just don't, can't fuck with the vision. Well, that's that's kind of what Adidas has been doing. Like, um, for example, with the first Lucas shoe, it was like an old handball shoe or some shit like that, just taking the old silhouettes, mm-hmm. making them a little more skatable and shit. Yeah, like gazelles. I've, I've been go. skating the skate gazelles for the last like three pairs of shoes I've had. I think. Great shoe. I mean, exactly. You don't need to do much. And what's on the flip side though is you know Nike has been trending more towards the limited drops, which is frustrating because for a lot of us, even those of us who love sneakers and love shoes, sometimes you just want to go get something off the rack or order something from online. You don't want to have to go through uh, being part of a raffle. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I lost I lost out again today. What'd you lose on? The the dunk draw on sneakers or whatever. Like I don't really care. So I, if I just see that it's today, I'll just like you know like fuck it, you know. But uh, yeah, I lost lost again. I, I I don't think I've ever hit on one of those. No, I hit on one, but that's it. Yeah, Ooh, we like, need some Gino. unlimited editions. Exactly. You know, just some stuff that's forever on the rack. I mean, that was the thing that made Gino's style so dope in the 90s that he was just grabbing stuff off the rack and making it look good. And that's, I think, something that skaters do very well. By the way, I think I figured out the best use for the Air Force One. Have you all ever noticed that the, the heel of the shoe is a little bit tall and there's often a gap between a person's ankle and like the ball of their foot and the back of the shoe? You mean like you mean like heel lift? Exactly, exactly. It's the perfect. I saw a kid walking down the street the other day, and he was wearing some some baggy khakis, like '90s, like Mike Carroll style, like immaculate fit, like perfect khakis, white tee, fresh Air Forces, and the back, you know, like the cuff of the pants was sitting just in there, like it sat baggy in just the right way. And I was like, aha, that's what that's good for. Anyway, just had to put wait. That wait, there. so d- did he like stuff? the back of the pants into the shoe no it was that would have been oh naturally. that would have been crazy it was sitting naturally you know it was like baggy just enough like sliding down so but there was no none of the cuff was touching the ground it like it, the cuff was sitting perfectly on his foot 
yeah, was that, amazing, dude. Like, Don't, well, going back to brand uh, narratives for a second, like it's so important. Like you talk about numbers, they didn't really have one. They they were like the fleece vest of skate companies, you know, with their vibe. Wow, um, like the Patagonia, like the branded joint yeah. that comes with the the company swag. Yeah, or like all all birds or some shit, you know. <laughs> but like the other new brand, Sensi or Sensei. The Magnus Bordewick shit and Gunas Ogdazen. I'm butchering that name, dude. I figured it's oh, Sensei. Oh, yeah. Sensei. That, that's my guess. It, yeah, it would well, be like, nice if there was like a little more information about the brand, like, you know, a logo, a vibe, something. Yeah, like they came out with a kick ass promo, like it fucking rips, but the art, there's like pretty much no brand narrative. The art direction is like just one logo. I kind of have it all pulled together. And also that one other brand, Opera. I guess it's like Madness 2.0. It's like it's all, all the transition vert, right? guys. Yeah, it's all Ver transition guys. Opera is a is a dope concept though. Like there's a lot of different ways you could go. Kind of like with, with um like what Josh Stewart did with Picture Show, like all the old timey you know movie theater iconography. Like you could do like Wagnerian shit, like a Valkyrie. You could do like some fan with the Opera Gothic type shit. Like there's all different types of ways you could go. So that like that company's got potential, even though it's kind of a weird name for a transition vert company. I mean, nothing gets kids more stoked than the opera. <laughs> I'll go into the opera. No, but think about it. Opera is for a select, sophisticated market. Same thing with vert skating. It's not for everybody. You have to be operating at another on another level to appreciate it. And imagine setting a whole vert video just to opera. You know, some three tenors, it could work. I mean, we saw Lucas Puig skating to three tenors uh, a couple of years back. Uh, I believe it was in a palace edit. That worked very, very well. Could be beautiful. And I, I think that's it. It's, it's, it's opera. You know, opera is, is not just for the casual fan. You got to be diehard. You know, you have to get dressed nice. You have to, you may not necessarily understand what speaks up, but you, you know, you have to know the history of it. It's, it's connected to something. Maybe that's why they chose the name. It's connected to a deeper history. It's more than just street skating. It is no, no, no. It's opera, darling. It'll be interesting to see how they how they work it. I'm skeptical. I've I always was like uh, a little mad at Madness, just being that it's a transitionally oriented brand. You know, obviously I'm not really fucking with that. But I feel like the brand was pretty strong, and like the weird shapes and cutouts and stuff was kind of a clever selling point. Again, not for me. But uh, it's a it's a niche it's a niche brand like for uh, transition maniacs I guess. Yeah, I'll bet they would, I'll bet they could sell a lot to normies too. You know, like you see all these popsicle boards on the wall, and then there's this one with cutouts and like a crazy swirl. You're like, yeah, this is the board that I want to have for the next ten years. What do they have? Like, do they have like fishtail cutouts and shit, like the old Hasoi boards or whatnot? I, the thing that I remember is they had these weird cutouts, like you know like three plies deep cut out in the rail for like grabbing or something like oh like right, right, right. Like, and there was some name for, like they had some branding on it i think they'll do i think they'll do just fine we could probably have devote an entire conversation to are there too many companies why are there so many new companies but you know what it's a free market economy all i can say is best of luck and whatever you do just don't do like numbers you know if you can't run a business delegate Please, for the love of God. You yeah, know? And, and try not, not to make try to make stuff that looks whack either. And not everybody is is cut out for uh, running a brand. 
Some people are just riders. And that's okay. Don't You don't need to do too much, you know? Because <laughs> the thing is, especially if you're the sort of person who hates answering questions and, you know, you kind of just grumble and roll your eyes when people ask you for anything, you're going to hate being a business owner, especially being a small business owner in America. Good God. Yeah. Leave it to the pros. This week started off with a seven-minute Barney Page part that had people talking. Barney is British and tech. Jason, does his skating qualify as Eurotech? Well, you know, it's funny. He's European, and he skates pretty technically, but I wouldn't call him Eurotech. Like, Eurotech is a whole aesthetic, way of life, you know, pretty much dedicating yourself to being a ledge assassin. You know, he does some pretty sick ledge shit in here. Uh, For example, those two tricks off the, like, bump to electrical box, like the kickflip backside nose grind, kickflip frontside curtain grind. Those are pretty dope. Also on the technical side of things, that Nolly hard flip over the water gap. And he like he does it like the proper like P-Rod way, like just kicks it out, not like illusion style. But um, other stuff in here is kind of on the creative tip, which is kind of what Sour is, right? Sour is like you can be a ledge assassin. It's like half ledge assassin, half creative, like boneless, bean plant, Wally hippie jump type shit so um yeah he fits in good on the on the sour team and you know maybe this part will help him stand out a little bit more because there's definitely some serious heavy hitters on that team patrick how did this how did this part hit you i'm feeling a couple things so if i recall he's in the etnies album video and i went to the premiere the skating was phenomenal but the concept for that video was that they had a bunch of different musicians record music, record a soundtrack in the same studio, uh, the same way that you would have a composer write a score for a movie or a TV show. And the unfortunate thing was it was really boring music. The skating was phenomenal. I think it really did the video a disservice. Also, apparently, uh, Pierre-Andre had a bee in his bonnet about something that night, but (laughs) who knows what that guy's thinking about anything. But back to the homie Barney, I really like the stuff he was doing at the spot Lloyd's. It's the big ledges over by the water in Bristol in England. I like the ride-on stuff because he was doing ride-on blunts and he was doing ride-on tail slides and stuff that's very, very low, which is way more difficult than it seems. Back to the music, we got to stop with the, the anonymous stoner rock. This was a very good part. This was a really enjoyable, it, it flew by, it didn't feel that long. And yet the music was so dull. It, it felt like it was going nowhere. There's a bit of a dip in the about a, a minute and a half in where you think it's going to change, but then it goes back to whatever it was. And I just straight up didn't like it. Also, do we think we need to call time, call a moratorium on propping up gates to skate electrical boxes? Because I feel like I'm starting to see it way too much and I'm getting tired of it. I mean, it, it looks like fun, but yeah, it is kind of like a beat concept. But, you know, those, those things are kind of hard to find. You know, finding a a good electric box that's grindable and then like a grate that's in just the right spot to to pop off of. So hard hard to pass it up. But yeah, it's getting a little tired. Maybe get more creative with it. Although a kickflip nose grind is pretty creative. Uh, My favorite thing in here actually was actually the most deceptively simple. It was the, the front nose slide gap out in the parking lot. That trick looks so good. And is it? Is it an homage to someone? I'm trying to remember who did it. Yeah, Rob, Rob Welsh. Welsh. Yeah, Rob Welsh did a, a regular nose slide and popped out exact same spot. It was either, I'm pretty sure it was in Free Your Mind. Either that Damn, or was sex video. I haven't watched I'm that video sure since it came out. We'll link to it in the show notes. Free, free Skate Mag uh, posted 
both both clips in one Instagram post. So we'll just yeah. link to that. Yeah, shout those. out them for sure. But um, yeah, I don't really mind the electrical box shit. I'm more like burnt out on the uh, the ride on grinds. I'm I'm not like, mad at the ride on grinds. What what's your beef with them, Jason? I don't know. It seems like people are trying to juice them too hard or something. I don't know. Like I watched his sour solution uh, t- three part. He had a couple in there. A bunch more in this one. Like uh, we kind of need the four ply guy to do like a longitudinal data analysis of like the number of ride on grinds in video parts. I would love to see that. I, it would be super sick to to get some kind of like data on trending tricks. I think after watching weekend's JIT video, I was like, oh shit, curved ledges are trending. It'd be, it'd be interesting to have have that quantified. So yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like a trend watch, but more uh, more quantitative. But like, oh, yeah, some of the shit was sick. Like uh, like the backside nose won't ride on. But, yeah, uh, that, that one I can like wrap my head around. I'm like, could I could I do that if I could find the spot? Yeah, really? I mean, right on grinds is like, it used to be like, damn, like I can't do every ledge trick on like a, you know, like a foot high ledge. I should probably quit. Now it's like, dude, you don't even have to jump on ledges anymore. Yeah. Great. Well, Wasn't there a nose blunt, uh, was it nose blunt 360 out? I think it was a back blunt. Oh, it was a back blunt, excuse me. Okay, so he's on sour, which is tight. Zooming out quite a bit here. Where do we think Etnies is? Because my beef about album, in addition to the music, was that Etnies delivered one of the best videos of all time with high five and then didn't put out a thing for something like two decades which felt like a huge misstep and i understand that s was the premier brand for soul tech and then also america was really developing its own voice but i feel like we we as fans of skateboarding and as skaters but we lost something by not getting an an etnies video during all of that time and thinking about the shoe landscape where does that niece fit right now i don't know i mean looked at their latest catalog like the mc rap they came up with isn't bad like it's not terrible i wouldn't be embarrassed to skate in it like if they came out with some colorways kind of like that back in the day like blue with the white sole and shit but uh i don't know dude i don't see anyone wearing etnies are they still doing the calicuts like the uh you know what i mean like the I didn't the, see the OG Cali the hot topic in the catalog. There, there's like kind of a new version. Um, right, right, right. But those shoes had like your middle school in a stranglehold. <laughs> yeah, they're like pink back and white in, back ones. Back in like 05 yeah. or 06. I remember they were everywhere. They You couldn't escape them. You know, because they had a lot of really good shoes. You know, you go back to old CCS catalogs. And these had, especially, yo, the MC wrapped in the the black and blue or the red and black red and black which would not rock either of those shoes here but they looked they looked fire i mean obviously um the south 23 before they moved that over to s but you know that's probably that's probably a a whole other conversation but also like thinking about sour um thinking about sour like it feels kind of like uh there's a whole bunch of people there's a whole feels like there's a whole lot of skaters a whole bunch of brands that are like low-key or high-key biting their style how can Sour continue to stand out? I think Sour just continues to stand out by being really good. Like they've got Gustav making the videos and being like the best skater. Uh, you know, it's like other guys just don't got that. Yeah, I think it's his, uh, just like his eye on the VX is really distinctive. Just stands out from everything pretty much. Plus it's like, is um, plus their roster is pretty diverse. You got Tom Snape, who's like, you know, pretty much the best. Also. 
where they film. I think this is another thing that stands out is spot selection, the trips that they take, really, really inventive. And it just, it just, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's more of a compliment, you know, it's not a complaint. It's more like, Hey, you're doing something that a lot of people, they want to be like you. They want to be like the sour solution. I was thinking about another company earlier today and I don't remember why it was Jart. That's something that never, that, that company never quite got off the ground. Is it just the name? I think you, I think you say it hard. Oh, really? I've heard that too, or Yart, but it's like, dude, you can't have your brand name be kind of like up for discussion nope i mean they might be they might be big in europe they probably are big, big in europe and brazil like who who was on heart there's some well, brazil bastion. on there bastion was on there after yeah, he left. Bastion oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah he was kind of like the biggest name on there they just seemed like they didn't they didn't come from a place of authenticity like i i think kind of like going back to the previous topic i think the best brands are the ones that come out of a natural relationship you know like the dudes on girl like they're obviously good friends skated together all the time palace was a crew before it was a brand you know you can say that about gx 1000 too like those kind of brands like it's just like oh yeah that that makes sense that they're a brand they should be a brand the narrative is strong because it just like exists naturally like bust crew could be a good brand yeah probably yeah you're right and that's a really good point and I, I'm, I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about. I rewatched The Town last weekend. I love that movie. <laughs> I'm just trying to make this shit sound authenticious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Free Skate Magazine has been putting out a lot of really quality videos and articles and just general content. Is it easy to get copies of it in the U.S.? I've only found them occasionally. I really only get them while traveling or on vacation, or whatever. I had no idea it was a physical magazine. You can get it from uh, theories, but it's like expensive. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wish that they had like a US pressing of it or something. Like I could subscribe for, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it costs to subscribe to Thrasher. I, yeah. I would like that, but I'm not going to pay like 20 bucks for one magazine. Yeah, because the, I, I used to do that with um, European and UK music magazines. And just going to either Tower Records or going to a newsstand, that could be pricey. The only thing more expensive than those was the fashion magazines, like the really like the Italian Vogue or any of like the cool uh, photo essay magazines. But there's something nice about buying those when somebody's putting a lot of time and care into that presentation. It's cool. So, I mean, again, free is 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 doing a lot of cool stuff. But back to back to Barney, Jason, to your point about ledge tech, what's the next evolution tech? Man, what could go any any number of different directions? Maybe, well, there's like traditional ledge tech, which is like primitive or formalist, I guess. Shout out uh, the homie Sank Garcia. Formalist ledge tech, which is like just going in a straight line from like questionable virtual like to now. That that would be like primitive. Then there's like people who do like what like uh what you call it like Wally, you know, quarter grinds shit like that. That was the way for a while, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, 1993, we we're like, oh, that's it. That's all the different ways you can flip into or out of a trick. Like, you know what I mean? And the people are still coming up with new shit today. For example, in like that uh, Sensi promo, Gunez does, what does he do? He does like a uh, nollie inward heel, like he's going up backside. So that does like a nollie inward heel, 5-0 to front side out. Damn, that's a weird one. He's phenomenal. Actually, I wonder... Doesn't he? He's got that crew. Jetlag was it? Jetlag Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
that how come that didn't become something? Good question. That that seemed like a pretty strong. They had a pretty strong rollout uh, to bring it back, but never really, never really kept the fire lit. I mean, it it kind of seems more like a homey thing and not really like a serious brand. So maybe that's kind of the issue. Kind of like because, uh, for example, like there's that Gas Giants in Texas video that just dropped, which I really really liked. It feels like they could do something. Like that's a cool, that's a cool, that's a cool crew. And also with um with Gunez, like there was part of me that always wondered how come this dude didn't end up on Palace. Where is he? For? He's based in like Turkey, right? Uh, he is Swedish of Turkish origin. Yeah, because he always skates that one spot that's really dope that I think is in Turkey. Yeah, yeah, it's in Istanbul. It has uh basically it's a bunch of ramps that are for either wheelchairs, bicycles. Oh or, yeah, that, or that's carts. Yeah, crazy dude. Yeah. It, it looks uh, it looks amazing over there. Yeah, he goes uh, he goes quite often. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think he's yeah Turkish. Uh, yeah, Turkish background, Swedish by nationality. I could be wrong, but um, I, I reckon I, I reckon as much. But yeah, he he's really really good. He's been in a bunch of Adidas stuff. He was in Away Days and um, actually quite a few of their little edits too. He's he's cool. You know, back to the whole Sensi thing. I I, I think. That has some. That has some potential. Even if it's just the, you know, I don't know who you would add to that. Maybe they would. Maybe they could poach somebody from Palace. You know, Palace has been doing that. Palace has poached a few heavy hitters. I think like you know who we get on there that like a uh, Philip Almquist guy from Malmo. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That dude would fit in super good as I am. But yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen. You know, even like Plan B. Everyone always knows when Plan B came out, like their graphics were kind of like a little bit half-assed. You know, and then look at him so it remains to be seen yeah but nobody it, it didn't matter though i mean the team was so good you just wanted to be like i have a plan b board i got a mike carroll i mean oh the oh, the yeah. calvin the calvin mike carroll i thought that was cool. yeah that was that was a street actually but yeah oh you're right you're I'm right i'm um, trying to think um are there any mike carroll boards that like from plan b like the nirvana one that's pretty yeah annoying. Also, didn't a bunch of them all like ride 101 boards? Like, for example, even like later, like right before the transition to 2.0, after Mike Tunaski died, they had um, like a lot of people were skating. There was a, I think it was like, there might have been a Geno board. It was like a Geno 101 board. Yeah, 101 boards were sick. I think they just like rode whatever, you know, you'd always see them skating like 101 or like Blind or World. But 101 was the best though. That was definitely the coolest company. Under that umbrella, absolutely. Like the you know one of those, I really regret not getting a couple when I first started skating. They were like uh, the the who's the who's the one who had the the woman in the the was the uh, the vampire chick in the in the coffin. Oh, uh, Adam McNatt. That was a later one. It was like right before they closed up shop. There was obviously Clyde and Hobbs, um, Dill with the birds, the, the man, uh, the guys walking on stilts. Those were cool. But yeah, the woman in the in the coffin, the vampire woman in the coffin. I like that one. Wish I'd gotten it. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's stoked to have those boards in their collection. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels, straight out of San Francisco, California. I'm also very stoked on the newly renovated and rechristened Tyree Nichols Skate Park in Sacramento, California. Love to make a trip up there. Just found out that Netflix is going to be doing a documentary about Wham. Ooh. R.I.P. George Michael. God, that was a terrible Christmas. Waking up Boxing Day, day after Christmas, and find out George Michael died. Oh, that was... Uh, Vittoria Mendoza turned pro at CPH Open. I'm also really stoked on the graphic that she has. It looks like it was done by the folks over at there. Uh, and it's an element board, which is 
pretty dope, actually. Um, and speaking of, of Copenhagen Open, I am always static when this Kevin Bradley footy. Oh, just the absolute best. Sody. Sody, yeah, forever. For, Let's go. Forever Sody. He could turn it on whenever he wants. The fact that he's holding back, that's genius right there. You, you, you know, if you don't know, I feel bad for you. And finally, I don't feel too much FOMO about missing CPH. Uh, because actually, uh, by the time this episode drops, I will be in France uh, tomorrow. My wife and I are going on a much-needed and much-deserved vacation. We are going for a couple of weeks' time, so I will be off the pod. I may drop a voice note saying hello, bonjour à tous. But yeah, Jason, what are you stoked on? Stoked on Venture Trucks uh, out of San Francisco, California. Stoked on the recent Quarter Snacks and Vans Argentina trip edit. Uh, some real stellar spot porn in there as the video game liaison in this podcast stoked on the new warzone battle royale map it's kind of like a netherlands type of vibe rotterdam amsterdam a lot of canals water taxis that kind of shit and i'm stoked on the carlos ribeiro uh behind the missions feature that primitive did it's kind of like a raw footage but with a little more uh structure um that guy rules sick to see his process and whatnot Definitely one of the best out. Uh, Templeton, where are you stoked on this week? Uh, I am stoked on my 17-year wedding anniversary. It's uh, a Thank you. Yeah, uh, the day this podcast drops, June 18th, that's my 17-year anniversary. So stoked about that. Yeah, it's good, good to be married, good to have a partner for so long. Life is good. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at FrozenCarbonite, and writing stuff for ChorusNext.com. Working on it. Working on some shit for uh, third quarter. Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle at P Kigongo and doing stuff with the Harold Hunter Foundation. And P.S. One last thing I'm stoked on Father's Day. Shout out to all the dads, to all the stepfathers, to all the all the dads that stepped up. You are loved and appreciated. Templeton, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Song.